All right, so I'm going to talk about sort of an odd thing, uh, but or maybe some people think it's odd. I don't think it's very odd. Anyway, I will just explain it. So years and years and years and years ago, 30 years ago, almost 30 years ago, I was sitting on the banks of a river, the Verde River to be exact. Um, on a sunny day, it was a really cool place. And I was sitting with a, um, a young person. Um, if he ever watches this, he'll know exactly what I'm talking about. But anyway, sitting with someone and I, I don't remember the context of what he was saying. But I just asked the question to him. Um, I'll say, um, John. I said, John, what if you are a walking universe? What if? You know, the things that you're describing, the problems that you're describing, the situation in your life. What if you were a walking universe? Would that, what, what, how would you now see all of these things? And I just left it alone. And then um, about eight years after that, that same young man came to work at that same wilderness program. And he actually lived in our house. We rented a room out. And he was renting that room. And one day I was walking by in our house and he said, Shane, do you remember that day by the side of the river? And he described the, the scene. Um, and then he said, do you remember when you said, what if you're a walking universe? And I... I hadn't thought about that that story very much up to then, but then it, you know it reminded me of it, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I remember that that time. And he said, I just couldn't get it out of my mind. What if I am a walking universe? Uh, it, would a walking universe do these particular things? Would a walking universe have these particular friends? Would it, anyway, it really it changed things for him. He he changed his view of everything. And then everything started to change. So years after that, I was working at another wilderness program, and we were doing um, an exit interview for a field staff. Now, uh, this young lady, as a very young girl, uh, was taken to a gymnastics um, school when she was four years old. Her mom dropped her off. This is a single mom. She was the only child. Mom dropped her off, took her in, signed her up. And then she said, you know what, I don't remember my mom ever, ever um, go, you know, going in there again. She says, when I was uh, old enough to ride a bicycle, I would ride my bicycle down to gymnastics. When I was old enough to drive a car, I drove my car down to gymnastics. And uh, I became really good at gymnastics. And as a senior in college, she actually was like a national champion in two or three or four different events in gymnastics. And... Uh, was set to qualify for the Olympics, actually. And her mother, during that entire time, had never seen her practice, had never seen her compete, was just interested, I guess, in her being occupied. So one day she came home um, with a, an award, a trophy, medal, or something like that, and her mom said something like, well, that's great that you got that, or the dishes done yet, you know, or something along those lines, and she was... Um, frustrated and obviously had some issues with her mom and and she said well you know that weird wilderness job up in Utah you know what I think I'm just gonna go go do that job and just kind of forget everything about gymnastics so she showed up at the wilderness program I was working there 
And she was introduced to a lot of principles, um, Arbinger principles being some of them. And um, she read a book called Bonds That Make Us Free by C. Terry Warner. And she went through the Arbinger seminar and, you know, a lot of different things. So now it's six months later and we're at this exit interview. And I asked, you know, how how was it? You know, how was it, how was it working here? And she was talking about how great it was. And then she said, you know, um, I think, you know, when I, when I, when we, I first came and went to the seminar and, you know, I gave a copy of the, of the book bonds to my mom. I gave her a copy of the choice. I told her about what I had been learning and she must've read those books and just really caught on. Cause like in the last six months, it's like, she's a completely different her and she trailed off and then just started crying. So I thought I knew what was going on, and so I asked if I could say something, and she nodded her head. She wasn't, uh, she was hardly able to speak. And I said, uh, your mom hasn't changed, has she? And she started crying more, more uh, dramatically, and then, and then, you know, was able to compose herself a little bit, and she goes, you know, I have changed so much. I thought my mother was the one who had changed. I had changed so much, I thought my mother had changed. Okay, so the significance of that was not lost on me. And I, we, we just kind of left her alone to kind of have this moment. Um, and since then, I've contemplated this a lot. This, this, it was a powerful experience for me to witness somebody in the moment of them realizing that they had thought something outside of them had changed. And then in the moment realized it probably hadn't, but that they had changed so much. To them it had. Wow, okay, well that's pretty amazing. So this brings me to this concept of, I call it Peg Thor. That's the weird part I was saying everybody might think this was weird, Peg Thor, what is that? Well. There is a common theory that most humans have, especially in this day and age. And the common theory is this. I'm going to read it. The common theory is, I am an accurate observer of people and situations, always. And when a person or situation changes in a way acceptable to me, I may then and only then see them differently. So that's the theory. I, 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 I'm an accurate observer, assessor, judger of people. And uh, that, that's, that's, that's who they are to me, unless, of course, they change. Well, then I can change my, sort of, my view of them. So there's a common practice. When someone finally behaves the way I want them to, or when the situation finally changes, I can then observe the new behavior and finally assume new things about that person or that, about that situation, and then, therefore, treat them differently. So we treat people based on how we see them, especially how we see them uh, compared to us or compared to an ideal. Um, and so we, we operate in a way in this world according to how we see others, which has a lot to do with how we see ourselves. But anyway, so we're stuck, basically. We're saying my view of others is whatever they present to me, because whatever they present to me, my interpretation of that is, is certainly accurate. So now, let's go into a whole new, a whole new theory. Um, Albert Einstein made a comment. It is this. He said, it is the theory which decides what we can observe. 
Well, now that's interesting. It's the theory which decides what we can observe. Now, he was talking about physics. Um, most of us, well, a lot of us are, are becoming more and more aware of the, the trickiness of reality when it comes to observing teeny tiny particles on a quantum level. They, they tend to change based on, our, based on the way we observe them. So um, when we have a particular theory and we, go, we seek out to prove it, then we're probably going to uh, be proven correctly. Um, we're uh, probably going to uh, find um, reasons to continue to go along with what our theory already is. So it's the theory which decides what we can observe. Now, um, I don't know if y'all know this, but Albert Einstein, he won the, the Nobel Prize in 1921 uh, for discovering the law of the photoelectric effect. This is before relativity. So it was a pivotal step in the development of quantum theory. And he's also the originator of relativity, which is one of the two pillars of modern physics, alongside quantum mechanics. And also, so we, a lot of people know he was the recipient of the Nobel Prize, but he was the recipient of another uh, very important award in the realm of physics back in his time, and it was called the Max Planck Medal. So Albert Einstein was the 1929 recipient of the Max Planck Medal. Okay, so Albert Einstein, which, you know, he's a rather famous guy, he was awarded a medal based on the name of somebody else, who's this Max Planck dude. Um, Max Planck is probably more famous now being quoted by Wayne Dyer than he was as a physicist. But as a physicist, he was a huge, huge deal. But uh, he was often quoted by Wayne Dyer, this following quote here. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. So you have two very iconic statements, pivotal statements, perhaps perspective-changing statements. Einstein is the theory which decides what we can observe. Planck, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Now, among other things, Max Planck is the recipient of the 1918 Nobel Prize Award in Physics, just a few years ahead of Einstein. And he was so influential that they called, they made an award named after him. He was the first recipient. Max Planck was the first recipient of the Max Planck Medal. And then uh, a few years later, Albert Einstein was. Well, what did he do that was so special? He discovered energy quanta. And he's the namesake of uh, many uh, equations in physics. And he's regarded as the originator of quantum physics and the establisher of the third law of thermodynamics. Sort of a big deal. So you take these two ideas together. I, I talked about the theories that we as humans often operate in right in the beginning. Now, uh, here's another way to look at it. So if we, uh, basically, if we postulate that what Einstein and Planck said are true and generalize it a little bit, number one, my specific my specific assumptions or theory about people decides what I'm able to observe about them. So that's number one. Okay, go over that again. My specific assumptions or my theory about 
people in general or specifically decides what I can observe about them. So if I think somebody is a jerk, that has now decided what, kind, what I can observe about that person. And I will um, find a lot of reasons to back up my theory that that person is a jerk. And by the way, we're all theorizers. If we have a particular opinion about people in general or persons, that's our theory. Just like um, a, a scientist you know, has a scientific theory and then they set out to prove it or see that it's disproven, um, we, we do that all the time. We just don't call it a theory. So if my theory is that you know, somebody across the street is a, just a mean-spirited, selfish, ornery neighbor... Well, I'm probably going to observe reasons to continue to believe that. And I won't be able to see, because it doesn't fit my theory, what else might be there about that person. Okay, number two, when I change my way of being towards others, or when I change the way I look at them, the persons towards whom I change, change. So uh, the young man on the bank of the river he changed how he looked at everything based on this idea that maybe he and therefore others are far more important. They're walking universes. And so it changed every, all the ways that he saw people and situations and what was good for him to be in and what was not good for him to be in. And then this, this field staff, she, she changed in such a way that she didn't even know that uh, her her theory of her mother changed to such an, to such an extent that her mother seemed to change before her very eyes, before her very heart. So, in relationships with other people, is it required of them to change for us to see them differently, or is it required of us to change in order to see them differently? We have a you know, a, a disobedient, disrespectful teenage child. Well, is that true? Are they? We have a, um, a, a uh, irresponsible, no good spouse. Is that true? What about how we're perceiving things um, has, has uh, helped us to continue to believe something? We have a boss that just sucks. This person sucks the energy out of the room and is oppressive. Are they? Or do we have a theory that that person is that? Or do we have a theory that bosses are that, for example? So we can call this, these two statements by Einstein and Planck together, uh, uh, we, we, we'll, we'll call it a particular theory, the Planck-Einstein Generalized Theory of Human-Organic Relational Dynamics. So I figured we had to have a title for it that was just as fancy and perhaps as complicated as one you might find in physics. Planck-Einstein Generalized Theory of Human-Organic Relational Dynamics. PEGTHOR, the acronym for that. So as you're you know, walking around in life, think, PEGTHOR, my theory of all of this that I'm perceiving as nasty, bad, horrible, or really great is largely based on me, how I walk around in the world, my way of being. So if one's way of being changes, 
one's theory of things changes, and now we're able to observe things differently, and things actually change to us. Now, that's where it gets interesting. If something changes to us, did they change or did they not? As far as Erin, this field staff that I'm talking about, as far as she's concerned, she didn't know that she didn't know that her mom had actually changed. So if she had never come to that realization, had her mom changed? Well, in the world of teeny tiny particles, the answer to that is, we don't know, uh, but, uh, but the answer is often yes. They do change. Uh, so isn't that awesome? Now, in terms of me personally, um, I have a rough time with this. There's people in my life, in my history, in my past, um, uh, or in other people's past who are in my past or present that, uh, boy, I, I struggle with. I have a hard time seeing them dif differently. I, um, I can be pretty judgmental. I can um, uh, uh, hold grudges or, or hold up an expectation that others really ought to demonstrate more of a change in themselves before I can see them differently. So as this, it's not that this is an easy idea, but it's an idea that I wanted to throw out there uh, for all of us to just kind of think about. Uh, Pegthor. Planck-Einstein Generalized Theory of Human Organic Relational Dynamics. It's the theory that says, if I change the way I see people, people change. And which goes along with the theory that uh, what I hold up as a theory controls what I can observe. So there you go. Einstein, Planck, how we can see each other differently. Just think about that.